0: create a blank canvas for the life and love you want to create after the trauma of a breakup.
1: This is episode 20 with the founder of Renew Breakup Bootcamp, Amy Chan. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast about love, sex, and identity in the modern world. I'm your host, Jared Matthew Weiss. Each week, I chat with an inspiring person that will help you expand your mind, open your heart, and give you one thing to think about on your journey towards great love. Thanks for hanging with me today. Here. We. Go. What up, Touchpoint fam? On this episode, I play a round of the Touchpoint Sex Tarot with Amy Chan, the founder of her new Breakup Bootcamp, a schmancy retreat for women to heal after a breakup. While we explore the intimate details of Amy's sex life, a conversation she admittedly doesn't have very often, she does drop some knowledge around self-love, the brain chemistry of someone who is smitten, the discomfort we may feel when using dirty words, and what a potential road to long-term partnership could look like if we can just slow down. It's a quick one, but it's tons of fun and a beautiful reminder of how powerful saying sex out loud can be. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Here we Hi, Amy. Hi. Yeah, Amy is the founder of Renew Breakup Bootcamp. Um, Amy, before we get started and play the game, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Renew Breakup Bootcamp is all about?
0: Yeah, we take a scientific and spiritual approach to healing the heart. And right now we throw retreats in nature where a team of 10 from psychologists, hypnotists, even dominatrixes come and help you rewire your heart.
1: Oh my God. That sounds incredible. And how many people have attended this this experiment? Because it's really like it's it's such a it's such an avant-garde, fascinating idea. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. So, yeah. how many attendees have you had so far? Uh,
0: we've had about a hundred people come through now.
1: Wow! And what are some of the learnings that you have? you know gathered as a result of being in the you know the process with all these people
0: yeah great question so one thing is it's never about the ex it's recycled pain and we recreate the emotional experience of how we were wounded as children so a lot of the work we do is really getting to those deep wounds and subconscious patterns so that we can start rewiring them
1: wow okay all right and what inspired you to start something like that
0: I went through a very brutal breakup about seven years ago where the person I thought I was gonna marry, uh, the relationship ended very quickly. And I had put all of my identity in him and us and our future. So when it fell apart, I fell apart. And in the depths of despair, I um, hit a really deep low point in my life and realized I had to heal and I did everything I could to heal. And once I did, I knew that it was my life's calling to help other people uh, get out of that dark space and create a blank canvas for the life and love you want to create after the trauma of a breakup.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, that resonates with me so much because when I started Touchpoint, it was on the heels of like a terrible breakup. And it was probably like some of the worst pain I've ever felt in my life and I've, I've looked into like the research on breaking up that like mm. sometimes like like somebody seeing a photograph of somebody that they've recently broken up with like they've done all these tests where your brain chemistry is similar than if you, you were to see a photograph of a loved one that that has passed away mm. that like your, your body's actually physiologically can't even tell the difference mm. at that level of loss and grieving yeah. um, and so it was really that moment where I was like very inspired to want to learn from other people and 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 experience more community in that you know, uh, in those moments of like heartbreak Mm -hmm. and processing. And Mm -hmm. so I get it. I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, so, you know, the last few years of my life have been dedicated to creating space, uh, to talk to people and, namely, strangers, really about their love lives and their sex lives, uh, and you know, here uh, we want to have that conversation, just me and you. Um, but we're going to use this <laughs> very cool deck of cards. So this is um, this is the cards that make you better in bed and other places. <laughs> okay. And uh, so there are sixty-nine <laughs> cards in the deck, and every card has a different theme on it related to sexuality or romance, and the themes on these cards all uh come from the the themes that emerged after our first two years of the touchpoint town hall where there were 1600 questions submitted um and so these were the most popular themes that people wanted to talk about so um before we begin i have to ask do i have your permission to have a conversation with you about your love and sex life (laughs) yes okay good that that (laughs) felt enthusiastic um Wonderful. So the way this works is we're going to just like fan these cards out like tarot uh, and then we will pull a card at random. OK, so, you know, the the most important thing here is like I have no agenda. You know, if somebody says to you, you're on a date and somebody says to you, so are you into anal sex? You're like, whoa, why are you asking that question? Like what's on your mind? What's going on? That That's not the case here. I don't know what the cards are going to be. <laughs> right. You're going to pull them. I have no idea. And. All we do is when you pull a card, you share what comes up for you, okay? And then I will ask you questions. And here's the deal. If I ask you a question that you don't want to answer, you can just say, I don't want to answer that question, and you're perfect. If while you're in the midst of answering the question, you're like, wait, why am I answering this? There's gonna be tens of thousands of people who are gonna hear this, I don't wanna share that. Mm-hmm. Just stop talking, you're fine. There's no way you can mess this up. Okay. You just share at whatever level you feel comfortable, and we'll go from there. And the thing is, I'm gonna to share too, Great. okay? So it's gonna go both ways. Okay. Okay, cool. We're good? Yeah, we're good. All right, so you wanna pull the first card?
0: Do I have to do like an intention or something? I mean, if you want to,
1: you can do really whatever you want.
0: <laughs> All right, here we go.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, here we go. Is it about anal sex? It's not. Okay. Why don't you tell everybody what the card is?
0: <laughs> Being watched.
1: Being watched. So what comes up for you? Now, again, you could share a word, a phrase, a sound, a person's name. You don't actually have to like, and tell everybody. Are we only story. doing
0: one card or can we do many? I
1: think we're probably going to end up doing like four or five. Oh,
0: okay. So the word that comes up. Yeah, I'd love to try.
1: You'd love to try. Okay. Um, can I ask you questions about that? Sure. Okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Okay, so so have you ever had a partner who had vocalized that this was something that were interested in? No. And is it something that you've ever thought about or fantasized about? Yeah. Really? So... So are your fantasies around this, are they, are they clear? <laughs> like, like, what have you thought about, about being watched? Cause I had a partner, you know, years ago, tell me that, uh, that they were, that this was something they wanted to explore. And I think that, um, I remember the conversation and like, you know, they had very, very vivid fantasies around what they, what they wanted. Mm. So I'm just curious, like what, what, what comes up for you?
0: So I've had a lot of by-the-book sex. (laughs) Okay. And so for me, whether it's being watched or if we pulled another card on group sex or whatever it is, my general disposition on it is, sure, why not? Okay. And so um, being watched isn't a fantasy I've really played out in my mind of exactly how it works more. So, hey, I haven't tried it. I'm curious and I'm open to exploring.
1: Got it, so so when we think of being watched, you know, when this has come up at our town hall, there have been interesting ways that people have perceived this theme. And I think one is around like having sex with a person and having somebody watch you have sex with somebody, but also there's like somebody watching you just like pleasuring yourself. Mm. So do either of those resonate or one more than the other?
0: I I mean, what came to mind is like a bit of voyeurism. So say at a play party Mm -hmm. or something like that, where um, maybe it's more of a bit of a spectacle and it's being watched as an audience watching. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. Okay, cool. Have you ever had a partner? Have you ever masturbated in front of a partner? Yes. Really? And who initiated that?
0: The guy. And I don't know. Wait. Yeah, let's think about it. I think a uh, bit of both. Okay. Yeah, it depends when. Uh.
1: <laughs> How did it work out?
0: It, it's kind of like part of the whole foreplay experience. Okay.
1: All right. So it was a foreplay experience that was like uh, it was going to lead to other things.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't believe I'm talking about this, Jared. I never talk about sex <laughs> in my interviews. <laughs> you're good I know. listen you know <laughs> listen
1: you share what you want to share just make sure you keep the mic in front of you so the people can hear at home okay this is the thing you know what's so crazy is that like we don't talk about this but mm-hmm. if there's anything that i found through this experience at our town hall is that when we talk about these things like we find out that like everyone is is a human mm. and so are we you know and so it's funny you know but like and, and it's thank God, it's a fun topic to talk about, but like you know I feel you a hundred percent. and so uh, and so I get it. I think for me, just to make sure this is reciprocal, um, being watched is something that like I think I've never really fantasized about. I think that like when I had a partner share with me that this was something that they were interested in, I think that um, I was a little nervous. Mm. Um, and it just brought up a lot of insecurities, I feel like, around like my own body or my own ability to like, I don't know like I don't know I don't know what our expectations are like our you know the only sex that I've ever witnessed in my life was really the sex Mm -hmm. I've had and and I think that the sex I've ever seen whether it's you know uh, depicted on television or in photos or wherever it's like um, it doesn't feel like so true to the sex that I'd have in my life Mm -hmm. so um, I don't know a lot of insecurity comes up for me around like being watched Um, so uh, so yeah so that's what comes up for me there um do you want to pull another card? Sure. Okay. Being seen naked. I mean, there's a thing. I mean, wow. Do Ooh, you see that? Am mean, I manifesting like, something I in mean, my future? I mean, I'm just telling you that this is like, I mean, so she pulled, What? which card did you pull?
0: Being seen naked.
1: Okay. So like, honestly, like it has been said that this is the sex tarot. Uh, some have called it the jarrow That's Jared's tarot. Um, so yeah, there is a weird spiritual thing that happens with these cards. So you've now pulled being watched and being seen naked. So Jared's naked. really
0: reading my future. I
1: mean, in some yes. sense I am, or I'm reading your subconscious. I don't know. <laughs> so what comes up for you around being seen naked?
0: Um, I love my body. So um, yeah, awesome. Yay. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. So so uh, can I ask you questions about mm-hmm. that? So um, how, when, when you've been exploring with partners um, what is the relationship between being seen naked and having sex? Are those things, do those things happen at the same time? Or do you feel like you can, you can be naked with a partner and share your, your, the presence of nakedness? Um, and, and it doesn't have to necessarily be sexual.
0: Yeah. I think it's, all contextual right because there is the act of undressing where you can make that like a spectacle and you can do it with music you can do it with movement and that is really you're almost telling you're taking someone through a journey Mm -hmm. so there's that there is the act of being naked when you're just comfortable with someone and you're lying in bed in the morning and you're cuddling um and that's not sexual but it's really affectionate um, I'm they, just gonna
1: gently yeah. ask you that every time you're speaking, when and I do this at every town hall, mm-hmm. when you when you're tempted to use the word your, try to use the word I'm or okay.
0: I. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: you know when I'm getting yeah, okay. undressed or when I'm doing this, okay. you know.
0: Um, <laughs> and when I'm naked for the first time with someone in like a sexual context, there is the like the adoring of the body, um, and. That might be leading into something sexual, but there's this kind of moment of, I think, respect mm-hmm. and um, adoration.
1: Would you let a partner? Do you or have you let a partner see you naked, like digitally? Like, are you have you have you sent nude photos or done like a nude Facetime, like before you have had sex?
0: Um, before if it's if i haven't had sex with the person n- i might have sent like something without my face in it oh yeah yeah
1: so just your body
0: yeah okay or like a, a very more of an artistic pose
1: an yeah. artistic pose yeah what is an artistic pose
0: well it's not like Here's like my boob. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's done beautifully. Okay. So like I, I love beauty. So anything I present is going to be beautiful.
1: And have you always felt like your naked body was beautiful? No. So how did you get there?
0: Um, I don't know when it exactly, exactly changed, but it definitely is correlated to just comfort in my own skin and in my own self-worth and... Um, and just really creating a practice of eliminating negative self-talk. And so sometimes even when I look look at a, a regular photo of myself, the initial thought might be like, Ugh. and instead of me vocalizing it, I'll just stop and just remember, like be kind to yourself. Yeah. And after doing this for like so long, eventually you just really start to believe these things. And then, um, you come across in a certain way and so like could my belly be smaller probably um however like at least this is my experience being really confident in my body and loving it so much that energy comes off to other people as well Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I, I think that there was a there was a woman who came to our town hall once who said that uh the thing that really helped her fall in love with her naked body was she did like a private nude photo shoot um, just with herself. She did it with like her iPhone and she set the whole thing up and she did it and she said it was super empowering mm-hmm. um, and it really inspired me. I haven't done it yet, but I think that I might try. Um, I think for me, what comes up around being seen naked is actually, <sighs> it's interesting. Cause I think that it's like actually more emotional uh, in the sense that like, I think being physically naked you know, has always been exciting. You know, and that that to me is, and it, but it's not something that recreational. I have so many friends that like will go to like like we'll go to a party and jump in a pool naked, and like it's not even necessarily like part of what's going on. They just love being naked and right. being publicly naked. Uh, I don't know if I've ever been there, but I've always enjoyed you know the nakedness with a with a partner. But I think that like when I the first thing that comes up for me around being seen naked is just being like seen more than the like Bernay brown sense Mm -hmm. in the sense of like letting somebody know what I'm feeling or thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been, I think, scary for me over the years. And I think that like being in our town hall has been like very transformative for me. you can ask me questions. Are you too, ever gonna
0: way. do a naked town hall? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that, you know, probably not, probably not. You know, when I started Touchpoint, people would ask me constantly, they'd say like, so is it an orgy? And I, I was like, no, like nobody. It's an
0: emotional orgy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, yeah.
1: An emotional orgy is definitely, uh, is definitely um, uh, a, a new subtitle for our town hall uh, that I'll consider. Um, do you wanna pull another card? Let's see. Positions. I'm
0: totally going to have sex in my near future. For so. <laughs> oh, sure.
1: This is great. Okay, you pulled positions. So what comes up for you around positions? Uh,
0: well, that looks like a yoga stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Nothing really comes up. Nothing comes up. Sure, I'm open to try.
1: <laughs> open to try. Okay, can I ask questions? Sure. Okay, has, um, have you discovered on your sexual journey that there are positions that you enjoy more than others on top on top why it feels better really Mm -hmm. and that's consistent across partners yeah okay um so when you say it feels better can you expand on that so
0: that's generally that's how i can orgasm okay I, i mean the other missionary I don't know if it's skill or what it is, but it's harder for me to orgasm. Okay.
1: And how long until you, I guess how long did it take for you to come to that realization? Was it something that you discovered like later in your sexual journey that you were like, oh, I have a a challenge orgasming and oh, this is how I can do it.
0: No, from the beginning, like my high school boyfriend.
1: Hmm. Okay. And then are there any positions that you don't, like that, you're like, actually, I don't want to do that. I'm self conscious about this, and you know, it doesn't resonate. Something that maybe a partner was really into, and you were just not
0: well. Knowing. No, it's not like a position, I think it depends also on like your partner's size. And um, so, what one position your, your partner size, my partner <laughs> size. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. I just want to make sure you're speaking for you, the I and the I'm, the I and the I. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And so, if something's uncomfortable because someone is very well endowed, yeah. then that position wouldn't be comfortable. Yeah. So I think it's just partner dependent.
1: Okay. Yeah. And and how important has it been for you? Because it sounds like you have sex with men. Mm-hmm. Have you ever explored with people that don't have penises? No is that something that you're interested in?
0: Um, I'm not compelled but sure why not.
1: Okay. Do you, have you been propositioned? Uh
0: in, not really directly but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think that you know <clears throat> it's funny I think that um I think that it is really I think the phrase you use was partner dependent, is that what you said? Um have you found that like um have you found that with the partners that you choose that the the positions that you explore are really something that's more driven by you or by
0: them? I think by them because I have generally been more of the submissive mm-hmm. um, sexually, although I'm socially very dominant. However, I'm now curious to explore the switch
1: yeah well that's actually the technical term did you know another time yeah yeah of course (laughs) well we'll do a follow up but 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 did you know I, I I learned this recently so in the BDSM community like people who are both Submissive and dominant, they call them switches, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. Uh, I love that, I love that. Uh, I'm constantly learning, I'm really like, I, I ask a lot of questions, I've been able to hold the space for the last couple of years, but I'm always usually the, the biggest muggle in the room when it comes to talking about these things and knowing the things, I'm always shocked. Somebody brought up something in our last town hall and I was like, oh my God, I'd never heard of that. Say word if you've never heard of it. And literally nobody said word. And I was just like, mm.
0: I still Are you haven't. the sub or the dom?
1: I definitely think I'm the dom. Mm. I think that like I think I'm the Dom in all the ways in my life. I think that like learning how to be a submissive person uh, in general to incorporate more of that into my life uh, would serve me in all the ways. And I think that that's those that's part of my lessons, even even around being seen naked, around you know being really vulnerable and sharing at that level. I think.
0: Have you considered trying with your partner to be, the the sub or the bottom?
1: Yeah. I think that like we have, uh, it's definitely been something that we've talked about. I think that we both are so, I think in our roles, you know, like just in life in general, this like dominant and submissive role that I think that, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of, uh, intentional practice to be able to really switch that up in Mm -hmm. a meaningful way. But it's something that like we want to explore and we both want to, you know expand ourselves in all the ways and so it's exciting stuff um okay we're gonna do two more cards all right talking dirty okay so what comes up for you around that
0: um not a lot of you surprisingly in my experience not a lot of guys talk dirty really yeah
1: okay well what does talking dirty mean
0: um well it's either sexting Okay. So, explaining what they want to do to you to oh, me to you, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> do you They're get, texting do you me. Get, yeah. Do you to get, get texts? Do you get texts from yeah. men telling you what uh-huh. they want to do
1: to me? Because that's amazing. <gasps>
0: Um, so
1: that's worthy of a doodle. So (laughs) everybody should know that Amy also does these fantastic doodles. They're called. Is it Amy? Amy Amy
0: doodles. Okay. On Instagram.
1: (laughs) Amy doodles. Okay. I mean, they're brilliant. She is, uh, uh, the queen of satire. So, uh, so, okay. So talking dirty. So guys, you know, our partner's texting you around what they want to experience. You don't have that happen a lot.
0: No. Do
1: you initiate that? Do you do it?
0: I don't initiate it.
1: Okay, so are you into it?
0: Yeah, it depends, I guess. No, I think I am.
1: Um... Can I tell you, this is the thing that's so funny. So when we started working on these cards, uh, originally they were all questions. Yeah. And I don't remember, one of the questions was something around the clitoris, I don't even know. And we did like a, a, a play test with the cards at Soho House, mm-hmm. two years ago almost. And so we, I mean, I sat with, you know, we went through all the questions and we had submitted the touch point we went through. We were, like, picking, picking the most thoughtful ones, the most inclusive ones, and um, and we put them all on cards and we, we do the thing. Five minutes into the event, I just hear this person go, did somebody just say clitoris? That's all I heard. I heard somebody say that. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, like, we're trying to come up with, like, really interesting, thoughtful, insightful questions when, like, Really, like just giving people permission to saying these words out loud is already like a huge step. Can you say one thing <laughs> out loud? Um. <laughs> Come on. Can you?
0: Can you swear on this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Or? Um. No, sit on my face, slap me, Uh fuck my brains out. Okay, okay, here, (laughs) high five.
1: That was great. See, that's it. It's honestly just saying it out loud. It's so, well. I get it. I totally, I get it, but thank God. Okay, so you said it out loud. That was good. Okay, let's pull one more card. Um,
0: If I never get a dirty text, I'm going to blame you.
1: Hold on, hold on. I don't know if that's rational, but I, will I'll roll with it. But right now we're looking at, we're looking at, uh, being watched, being seen naked positions and talking dirty. That's, that's our spread for today. We have one more. Um, before you pull this card, Mm -hmm. I want you to think of a question. I want you to think of a question. We're going to really going to approach this like some tarot. Right. So like, you know, what is something that you think and you don't have to share with us what it is, but like what are you looking for an answer around love and sexuality? And let's see what you pull. Just you know, you can take a minute. You got your question? Mm -hmm. Okay. Pull your card. Okay. Taking it slow. Oh. Okay. Answered it. Okay. It did? Yeah. Really? Uh huh. Okay. So what was your question? You are
0: psychic. So my question was um, around love Mm -hmm. and if love and relationship is what we see it uh, today in movies and storylines and songs, which is full of romance and passion Mm -hmm. and this exchange of looks that turns into this thing. Mm And as I'm writing and researching on love and relationships, I'm finding that um, this isn't the case. And that relationships that last, that turn into committed love, um, actually isn't this crazy exchange of um, chemicals and um, an expectation that those chemicals are going to last. And so my question is like, what is really love? Mm -hmm. And the answer in the card is a sloth. (laughs) <laughs> and it says, taking it slow.
1: Is that amazing? Um, have you ever taken it slow in love?
0: Um, generally, no. But I have once where I let chem, I didn't, I was doing an experiment to see if chemistry can grow. Mm-hmm. And it ended up happening with um, someone who was more of an acquaintance, then became a friend. And then after our eighth time hanging out together, I remember we were having dinner and I looked across the table and I was like, huh, you're handsome. (laughs) And I realized chemistry grew because of his character and his soul. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, Um, it's, uh, I think that, I think that, um, you know, you bring up so many salient points specifically around our brain chemistry when falling in love. I mean, it's like basically we're like on the, natural equivalent of like cocaine, Mm -hmm. uh, and we're making really crazy decisions. I've fallen in love so many times in my life. And I think every single time it was always like, the relationship was just one super long first date. Like we just went out that first time and it was just, oh my God, and then we kept going. Um, And in my current exploration, you know, we, we were colleagues, um, her company had hired me years ago. We were friends. She worked for me for a little while and we really had four years of friendship that was purely platonic. We had no real romantic or sexual um, mm-hmm. time together. Um, and I think we really got to know each other in a way where like, the stakes were so low right? There wasn't anything to lose. We were just, it's like getting to know anybody else, like a real friend. And I think because of that, we cultivated so much intimacy in those years that like when we did transition into something that was more romantic or sexual, like that was just really, I think it was, it's just so different than every other relationship I've ever had. Um, And it really did help me understand the difference and, and and on some of the problems around like our dating culture and how we put so much pressure on people to like meet in the context of like let's interview each other right now to figure out if we're compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, you must see a lot of because of what you do with Renew you must see a lot of heartbreak that is I hate to say avoidable because You know, there's lessons in all of this stuff, and like I definitely listen. Like I I created a deck of cards that looks very similar to a tarot deck, and so I I think I I subscribe to, you know, the uh, the supernatural and the unknown, and in some ways the predestined. Mm. But like, how many people do you see in your work where like they just got into a thing that like had they had they taken it slowly, they might not have gotten into that thing. I guess
0: the and that's a lot of the cases yeah Um, so 30 percent of the people who come to renew um, have just gotten out of relationships with narcissists or they come to renew because they can't break the relationship with the narcissist Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of these stories are the same and they echo many of my stories and it is projection it is this wanting to follow this plan the script that Um, Is everywhere in the media that you date to marry you know you date you get married have kids you live happily ever after Mm. and you get so caught up in wanting this plan to work out and you meet someone and some criteria fits and suddenly you fill in all the blanks with the things that you want. And then we know about the host of chemicals that happen that scientifically last between eight months to two years. And part of your amygdala, which is a part that processes threat, starts to minimize. So um, that's why you have rose-colored tinted glasses in the very beginning of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's two projections, uh, often my wounds meeting another person's wounds, right? And Mm -hmm. then the chemicals go away and then you are You have to deal with reality. So yeah, I see it, but it's really conflicting for me because um, at the same time, those feelings, it's so hard to shake. And I'll give you an example. I went on a date the other day. Um, It was actually set up by a matchmaker and my first inclination was like, no. But I was like, you know what? I'm being open-minded, so I said yes. he was lovely, he was such a gentleman, he like even called a car service to pick me up to take me to the restaurant, like he did all the right things and he seemed like a genuinely emotionally healthy person who wanted a partnership and I didn't feel any of those sparks or romantic chemistry and I said yes I would go on another date because I'm trying to explore can it build and I still don't know. So the jury's still out. I'm still researching and I will report back.
1: Oh my God. Well, and I know we can follow your journey because you've been blogging for a lifetime. So what is your blog and where can we find it?
0: My blog is justmytype.ca. .ca. I am from Canada. Okay.
1: Woo <laughs> um, Okay, so justmytype.ca and Renew. How can we find out more information about Renew?
0: Check out renewbreakupbootcamp.com.
1: Oh, my God. Well, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, thank you for sharing with me and for everybody who's listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan and I have so much love for you. Thank and this you. has been the most fun. <laughs> thank you for listening to Touchpoint. You can learn more about us at lovetouchpoint.com and follow us on Instagram at at lovetouchpoint. Have an inspired day and we'll see you next
0: week.